winging it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So we're recording already. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, welcome, guys, to another week of um, Voiced Out Thoughts. Um, today, I am here with my friend, IBK. IBK. Can you introduce yourself? <laughs> I don't know why I started bobbing my head like any old country. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is IBK. And I have been living in Madrid now since August of 2021. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm living in Madrid. I'm getting um, my MBA. And also where are you from? Exploring. Tell them where you're from. Oh, I'm Nigerian, like Lagos girl. Well, born in Lagos, <laughs> but I'm an Ondobe. Okay. Hometown is Ondobe. Like I was born in Lagos, okay. born and raised in Lagos. Uh, yeah, we never talked about that. Did you always live in Lagos or did you live somewhere else? I always lived in Lagos. I did have part of my secondary school in Ijebu for like three three years. Oh, wow. Most of my life was oh, in Lagos. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So from, <laughs> from Ijebu to, sorry, from Lagos to Ijebu, back to Lagos and now to Madrid. <laughs> we thank God for life. <laughs> yeah. You, I feel like Olashere was, was in Ijebu as well. It just, it just, it local it just, yes. Ah, are they close? Never mind. I, I, I may not answer that question. <laughs> Jebu, but because I, I don't know which Jebu you're talking about. Are you talking Jebu about no, okay. I thought you were talking about Jebu Jesha. Okay. No. Um, Who knows? I don't I'm, think so. We'll have to check that on Google. Maps yeah, later. I'm actually curious now. I'm going to check after because I'm like, hmm, close or not. Well, guys, um, today uh, we will be talking about something very, very interesting about um, living in Spain, experiencing in Spain with the caveat of being Black and specifically Black women. So this started like, fair enough, I think we've touched on this um, a few times in our conversations, but this started last week when I became myself, we were just eating. <laughs> As usual. As usual, exactly. It's not just With our cocktails. We have, what were we having? We were having... Um... We had... I had a... I think a margarita or a mojito with alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a margarita. Alcohol I think it was a margarita. Like... <laughs> but, but I didn't know if it made sense because it had loads of sugar in it. Exactly. So even me, I couldn't tell if mine had alcohol or not. It was weird. And we had that. We had some um, enchiladas. Enchiladas, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, we, we didn't really like the enchiladas, did we? Yeah. No, I think we were mostly annoyed because they kept trying to, like, get us to, like, hurry up, and that really pissed me off. <laughs> me I, actually, I actually left a bad review because I'm like, dude, yeah. you guys can't be chasing like, us off the restaurant. That's so rude. And it's not like they served us early on time, so that was upsetting. But anyway, in the midst of the chaos, Anyways. we managed midst- to, like, talk and still catch up, which was really, really fun. And I'm glad we did that. And yeah, then we of again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We were talking about how did we arrive? We we're talking about I think you're talking about dating, right? Mm, and we we're talking about dating. Talk, yeah, and you were just like talking about how the whole ball game in Spain is different as a black woman and how you've had to like question things about beauty, you know, how how you've had to like re navigate your mental health as a you know, dating in Spain. But yeah, um, we can, I don't want us to jump into that, guys, <laughs> because that if we start from there, we're not going to talk about any other thing today. Listen, hmm. okay, let's warm up. No so uh, my first question for you was, um, how did you decide to come to Spain? And what was your main motivation? Right. Um, so coming to Spain for me, I took a few things into consideration. So the first thing is, I knew that like I wanted to get an MBA um, since maybe 2016, 2017, but I wanted to get, you know, the work experience I needed because a lot of business schools say you need to have X number of years of work experience, you need to have blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to really, from 2016, 2017, I knew like at some point I'm going to get an MBA when I have X amount in savings, I'm going to get an MBA. So that was the first thought that came to my mind. And when I realized this is something that I really wanted to do, I started thinking, where would be ideal? I didn't want to do the US. I didn't want to do the UK. I considered Canada and then somewhere in the EU, but Canada is cold. 
So I was like, no, I want to go somewhere I should be able to die. So like at least some parts of the year, the weather is similar to Nigeria, you know, at least to an extent. And then I would also be able to, you know, travel around, ideally. Canada is so far from everything else. I can't just hop on a plane and say I'm going from Canada to Portugal for the weekend. Um, So it sort of like narrowed my list down to EU. And then I started thinking, where in the EU would I want to to sort of live? And then to help me decide, I looked at, you know, top business school programs. And then they were in Spain and France. So that then narrowed my list further. Um, okay. I already had French, so it felt wise to apply to the French school. And I did apply, but it didn't take me foolish people. So I think <laughs> <laughs> I applied to the French school and the Spanish school. And I Sorry, didn't I'm laughing because I like, I like how you call them foolish people. <laughs> it's true. Because I'm like, I remember seeing the rejection in my inbox. I remember being confused because I did, it didn't even cross my mind that that could happen. So it was very humbling for me, quite frankly, <laughs> to oh. get that rejection. <laughs> And then I guess fate's destiny, God decided for me <laughs> because I only applied to two schools. I didn't want to waste my time doing anything else. Oh, wow. okay. um, and so for me, it was Spain, France, and both of them were great options for me. So I'm happy that like uh, Spain worked out and I eventually moved here. Okay, interesting. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you decided you wanted to come to Madrid or well, Spain, Madrid, yeah. And um, when you arrived, what was your first impression? Ah, where do we start? When I first arrived, I remember I remember singing praises to God. I've escaped my enemies. Ha, no one can stop my tragedy. <laughs> I know this is the most Nigerian thing ever. Like leaving the country, okay. and the first thing you do, you're just thanking God. You're just giving praise. You're calling all your family members saying, oh, I've landed. <laughs> and people are like praying for you. Like it's such an I don't well, I don't know if it happens in other cultures, but it's such a Nigerian thing. Like even the lead up to when you travel. You'll say, don't tell people you are traveling. Don't tell people you are relocating. Don't shake in the cock in the car. Don't say, this and the, like, it's such, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how to describe it. So when I eventually landed, I, was, I, I, I wonder why we do that, but yeah. yeah. That's something I, I actually want to, to actually find out. <laughs> I guess maybe evil lie. Mm-hmm. Like we're like, if, if people know, they will scatter we're our- We're very superstitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very superstitious. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, like if we tell people, maybe somebody who doesn't like or somebody who means us from our village who go and scatter the, the, the plane scatter the plane. Or <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of stuff, you know. So when I eventually landed, my oh, first reaction was, I'm finally here. Like I've been dreaming about like moving and being here since 2016, 2017. So like eventually like realizing that goal for me, the first feeling that I, I had was relief and just, yes, I've accomplished something that I've wanted for a long time. And then when I eventually like got into the city, you know, walked around, settled into my Airbnb, I was like, ah, this is what like life. Well, I've just seen people sitting outside drinking beer at 2 p.m. in the afternoon on a weekday. <laughs> this, I'm sorry, this is not a concept that I've ever seen. You were confused, right? I was like, mean, fair enough. You came in June, you said, right? June was in like August. In August. August. So definitely, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that makes sense. That's that's holiday period. That's holiday time, yeah. Even today, right? Today I went out a few minutes ago and there were loads of people having drinks on on the terrace, in different terraces all around. It was just like the good life. Exactly. That was the second thing I sort of like realized or noticed. And I felt like, oh, I could totally, I can imagine myself getting used to this like chill life. I think the Spanish, well, I don't know if, I don't know if to generalize or just say like Madrilenos like to, um, like chill like nobody wants to die in the office like nobody carries work on their head like in Nigeria <laughs> no like nah nobody does that I think it's a Spanish thing in general I mm. think like I think that's yeah that was also one of my first impression like leaving life comes first like you have to be okay you have to enjoy life and after that comes work yeah um, yeah that was also one of my first impressions when I came um 17 years ago I can't count anymore but anyways oh. yeah that's yeah. <laughs> that's a tough thing. And um yeah, like so you saw that and you were like, did you like it? Did you did you say, Oh wow, you know, I want to join this, I yeah. want something different. 
like when I saw it initially, I was like, oh, this is nice. I could get used to this. I'm happy to jump on like, ex- like truly, truly experience Spanish culture. But when it started to piss me off was when I was trying to like open my bank account. I was trying to do things with like city officials and they would say they are closed at two. I should come back at four. Why? Those are productive hours of the day in, in, in Nigeria. I can't imagine you know so i mean in those scenarios where i needed to you know get stuff done it really 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 uh, irritated me but like mm-hmm. on days when i didn't really have anything to do i was like oh i could this is a life that i could live now i'm at the point where i'm like you know mm-hmm. what the spanish have have a good philosophy i think it's, it's good not carry work on your head all the time like you said and like live life first so now i'm on board fully on board yeah i mean i think spain has one of the highest life expectancy in the world I mean, I have friends that they still have their grandparents alive and they're in their 90s. And that's like a pretty normal thing in Spain, finding people in their 90s. You find in Spain families with four generations of life. That's something that I think you can really see in, in any other place in the world. You know? Yeah. I mean, coming from Nigeria, where people die relatively young, I would say. Like, I think when I was young, I think people used to die in their 50s, 60s. Does that make yeah. sense? Till now, still, people still die 50s, 60s, 40s now in some scenarios. Wow, insane. And coming to Spain and seeing that people actually live double that, almost double that. But it was like, how can you be 90? Like, I used to think people used to lie initially, like, about (laughs) age. You know how Nigerians lie about their age? I was like, this granny, she is lying about her age. She's not 90 something. She must be in her 70s. Yeah. Yeah, so that's so you know, and you can see that you can say that that comes from you know just taking life chilled, and um, just you know taking one day at a time, which is funny because another thing I realized I don't know about you is that Spanish people drink a lot, right? <laughs> but you've always heard that if you drink too much, you're going to reduce your life expectancy. So I'm mm. still yet to find a doctor to explain to me why Spanish people <laughs> live long. They drink a lot, <laughs> you know, and so yeah, that's, that's also another that's part of my another interest. interesting dissonance, actually. Wow. Yeah, I think mean, life expectancy is not much about drinking; it's more about mm-hmm. you know stress level. That's something. Stress level, community, yeah. oh, so many different life factors. Yeah, I don't think it's just drinking for sure, because I know people who smoke till they die, till they fall down and die from a heart attack, and some of these guys live long. I had a neighbor in Nigeria then, like. Like he would always come out to his balcony and smoke maybe at least three, four cigarettes per day. This man was so old. Wow. I was wondering how he was able to even hold up the thing. And he was a yeah. lifelong smoker. And he lived, he lived long. His wife even died before him. His wife that didn't <laughs> smoke or do anything on to She passed away. She was drinking to that and she went to So yeah, I think there are other factors for sure. Okay, interesting. And you said that one of the things that you realized about Spain is um, they have a sense of community, right? So which leads me to my next question. Do you think you found your community in Madrid? Hmm. Yeah, my community, oh, because... <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I mean, we've talked about this in like uh, one of our gossip sesh- sessions, but I mean, people are friendly. So what I've experienced is that... Um, for the most part, like the Spanish are warm and friendly and they are open for the most part, right? I mean, there'll always be exceptions, no question. Um, but they're usually like open, they're warm, friendly. But then it's hard to really relate to a culture that is, is different from yours. So for me, I'm a very independent person for the most part. Like I like to do stuff on my own. I'm not one of those family, family people. I like my family, don't get me wrong. But I don't, I mean, I don't want to be seeing them every week. What are we going to be talking about so but like in Spain it's like you see people actually going on you know walks with their parents with their grandparents with their girlfriends granddad kinikok and call they will have um Sunday brunch talk for hours with the great great aunt of their girlfriend's sister and I'm like how <laughs> you know and to an extent I envy that because I'm like for them to be having these um regular walks or like Sunday brunch they sort of have and, and they sit and talk for hours they must have a relatively decent relationship with those people um and to an extent I envy that but I can't really relate to it so there are some things like that they want to talk about like the weather I'm like 
do you know how many serious life things have you found work i was going to defer that when you said that they relatively have a decent relationship i was going to say that i beg to defer because you've seen somebody frequently that doesn't mean that you you have very good ties with them you know from my perspective not everyone i've met but i've seen people who have genuine relationships with their family members but i've also seen people who just do it out of obligation like oh i'm expected to do this I'm expected to do that so I don't know I don't know I would I hate feel. to do that though like I mean I know that for example the ex- I mean because I'm in Madrid now my my family is in Lagos the natural expectation would be you know for example maybe I call my dad every week or so but like at some point I run out of things to discuss with him because I'm like I mean I love you but what yeah. are we talking about every day <laughs> You yeah. Know. So I guess you are right. Maybe some you're right actually, but personally for me, it's just not my persona to do things just because I'm expected to do it. I love you, but no. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I I I mean uh, I I as you said, like I like my family, but I don't need to see them every other week. It's not my lifestyle. Like I don't have that much things. And that I think that also goes to the kind of relationships we've created with our family members I think in Nigeria or in Nigerian also there's this clear dynamic like I'm your I'm your mom I'm your dad and you're the child right and there's that there's that gap and I think in Spanish society that gap is is less and there's there's not even gap let me just say that mm-hmm. like the the lines between parents and friendship are really really blur and um People will argue and they will say that it's a good dynamic because if something happens to you, you can always rush to your parents and tell them that. But me, for me personally, I don't like that. And just, I'm just going to be blunt. Like, I would rather have my own friends that if anything happens to me or if there's something I want to discuss on a, you know, um, on a friend level, I'd rather go to a friend than having to imagine. Imagine I have a fight with you and I go and start calling my mom. That would just be oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I became did this to me. She said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So that's also so. Yeah. That's definitely. Yep. 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 And indeed, like people are very friendly. That's something. Like if you compare to other European countries, you'd see that. But at the same time, there's also this thing about relatability. Mm, yeah so it's something I was actually going to eventually lead into. In that, okay, yes, people are generally warm and open or whatever but then when it comes down to the meat of it our cultures are so different it's hard for us to find things to really relate to and it's something I struggled with because I thought you know when I come this year I'm going to make lifelong friends from like different countries but then in having one-on-one conversations I like to spend time like one-on-one not just like in group whatever like talking with somebody seeing if like we vibe if we have like Um, the same ideas or like the same we laugh at the same jokes like you know simple things that we value the same things and I've had you know these coffee dates or like one-on-one conversations with I mean not just the Spanish but like since we're talking about the Spanish specifically and truly it's just we can't really relate we don't have the same life life experiences like it's so different like so different so different I think I think also like apart from the culture aspect I think there's there's a cultural aspect of course but there's also like just life experience um, uh, in itself because like at your age at my age the average Nigerian call it Nigerian pure Nigerian Nigerian British Nigerian America you've already worked you probably moved out of your parents house you've probably been faced with like serious life challenges right so, for example, in your case, even in my case also, like we've had to move from one country to the other country. You've had to leave your entire family. So, like, your priorities and things that things you think about are very different. Like, you don't have time to start messing around with petty things. Well, this one looks at me like that. This one looks like, <laughs> like that's, I don't care. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about my career, bills, yeah. like that. You know, how can I build something for myself? And I think... <laughs> For people who have, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be Spanish. It could be Spanish, Italian, Germans, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that you've, if you've been, even in Nigerians, right? If you've been in the same space all your life, I think your your worries are different. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your headaches are completely different. I agree. Yeah. 
I agree. Because when I first moved here, another thing that confused me was like, I, I hear people live with their parents so they get married. Like 35 year old grown men that I go on this with, they'll say they have to do something with their mom. I'm like, ha, at your big age. At 35 in Nigeria, you've had like five or six children and two wives. <laughs> you're divorced and you're remarried. Yeah. Literally. Nah. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, that's something really typical in Spain. People on average, I think, move out of their parents' house maybe age 27, 8. And some people who, I've seen people till age 40 leave with their parents. Yeah, yeah, it's a big thing here, which. I mean, there's an economical aspect of things, mm. but there's also a cultural aspect. Like, I don't need to move out of my parents' house if everything is okay here, if I'm comfortable with my parents, right? And I think going back to the cultural aspects, you can't do that in a Nigerian, in a Nigerian family. They will chase uh, you out of there. Yeah, they will. They will. 40. Hmm. They will chase you out. Well, you won't even make it to that they age. They will chase you out. <laughs> your mom, will, your parents will help you pack your load. <laughs> Literally, I've been out of the, I've been out of my parents' home since maybe 17 or 18, full time. Like, I don't really, I've been gone. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, So, should we dive into the main bit? (laughs) (laughs) Should we dive into the main main palaver? I feel like we've already started to segue into it when I was talking about, like, I've I've gone on this with, with men who at like 35 or so they are still like living with their parents it bewilders me um yeah how do you what do you say when they tell you that i focus on my drink (laughs) 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 to try to to try to hide my facial expression because i'm like i don't get it and i in a way i try to i try it doesn't always work i try to keep my mind open because i realize that like because my culture is a certain way it doesn't mean it's the right way <laughs> it's just my culture some other people would come to nigeria and yeah. probably have these ah, now wow thoughts that we're having like i can't believe this is really happening because in my own country it's yeah. not so i try to keep an open mind but then i also realize that there are some things that like my body would just not agree with no matter how open my mind like i, <laughs> I don't want to i don't want to be with a man who still lives with his his mom what if we have an amazing date yeah. and we're feeling so sp- spontaneous and frisky i cannot come back to your place you'll be spontaneous in his mom's house <laughs> <laughs> your mother's house nah you know so it really oh, it makes me sometimes like if i feel like i'm really really attracted to a guy when i hear that it instantly like the attraction declines i'm like ah at a big age i keep i always think about at a big age at a big age nah <laughs> yeah that's that's a no-no for me like it's not it's not even like no matter how i mean except is highly justified let's say you have a sick family member and you have to take care of them they have to be they have to be a big reason you're doing that otherwise it's it's just a no-no for me like uh, my are relatively to like we're not relatable like me ah. Our struggles in life are different. If you're still, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, because usually that's not the only thing. That's another thing I'm noticing. Of course not. It's never oh, I just live with my parents, but I'm ambitious. Blah 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 blah. No, it's usually I live with my parents. I didn't really, st- I don't really know if I want to work right now. There was a guy I went on a date with who was saying that like he actually quits his full-time job because he felt like it was better for him to live on unemployment in Spain and you know, take a year break to just, you know, chill. There was one exam he wanted to write. So he wanted to take like one year to just like chill. And if any job offer he was getting wasn't as attractive to him as the unemployment benefit, he would decline it. And I remember thinking to myself, and this man lived in his parents' house, Mano, no boy. And I remember looking at him and thinking to myself, they're like, so your aspiration in life for the next one year or two years is to live on unemployment checks. That's just insane. Mindset, mindset, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say everyone is like that, but you do have a fair share of people who have that mindset, like, or let me just look for the easy way out of things. And for me, it's not it's not only about that, that mindset in itself, it's also about what that translates into, right? So if you have to quit your job to write an exam, um, you're indirectly saying that tomorrow when you have, you know, if you get married or you have kids and you have a job and you have to do like something extraordinary, you can't do that all at the same time. So for me, that's already a red flag of you're not capable of multitasking or just combating, um, separating different aspects of your life. Like, oh, I have this um, challenge in my work life or I have this challenge in my personal life. Yeah. So 
yeah personally it's not my it's not my same and it makes me think that you're lazy as well if at the slightest inconvenience this exam was not even anything when is no exam to enter heaven what exam do you need a year for what exam do you need to take off a full year like you don't do any work anything whatsoever to study for like i don't understand it's not even looking for like a part-time job like it's just saying no he said he would decline anything yeah like he would decline anything that wasn't um more attractive i don't know what more attractive means than unemployment benefits like, i guess it's, it means that if he's, if he doesn't get paid more than what he's getting paid but this man is an engineer like ed- educated he's schooled in the uk i think trained engineer so it wasn't like he's like a you yeah. know, low-skilled worker he wasn't so i'm like it wasn't adding up to me maybe maybe you can't keep a job we don't know like people uh-huh. might have all the engineering degrees and they might not be able to keep their job so that's if that's yeah, somebody that's i want to do no because yeah. i feel like at the slightest yeah. inconvenience they would probably check out as well so exactly yeah and that comes down to the value i think well i'll speak for myself but i think like i've been brought up to be very resilient and to always consider that there will always be obstacles in life but you don't allow those obstacles to stop you from getting your goals so if you're quitting on the first obstacle <laughs> like uh, that's just i mean if you're quitting now on the dating phase what are you going to do when you settle down you're in a stable relationship if you want to have kids or if you want to like you know jump into becoming commitment as a couple yeah that's something i am and how would you say, oh, this is one of the things, but as a black woman, how would you say your experience has been dating? Like, what was your, you know, the very first date you had in Spain? How did you experience it? Hmm. Was it good dates? Yeah. Funny, I don't remember my first days because I've gone on so many. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> for I've gone on so many. I can't remember the first one. But I do remember like a big one, like a memorable one for me because it's somebody that mm-hmm. I thought that I would, you know, date long term. We call okay. him, we only call him Mr. Tatel <laughs> because our first date was at okay. a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. You know, fancy we did like the whole three course meal. He was very gentlemanly, he was super romantic, super sweet. Um, and I had such high hopes for that, but the story for another day. Um, so well, I think when I had had hopes for you, listen, hmm, I think my experience like dating as a black woman has been, I think it's similar to how I felt when I moved here. Like, initially, my reaction was like, oh, I'm in a whole new world, I'm experiencing dates with men from you know different culture i i was open and curious and i felt like oh this is going to be an adventure you know let's see what we discover here okay right so i would say i entered the dating scene in spain blue-eyed i'd be bright-eyed i've heard you say it's bright-eyed and optimistic (laughs) and hopeful um but like now i'm at the point where i'm like (laughs) let's just be thanking god that is my point now. <laughs> just be thanking God. I've had the good, the days that will rem- like absolutely put your chair out, they will cover the, the veil, they walk you home, give you a nice kiss on the cheek, blah, blah, blah. But then I've also had the dates where we went to, please don't ask me why I did this. We went to grab coffee and then he asked us to split the bill. <laughs> Money, <laughs> coffee. Oh, Maybe the coffee was like two euros, three euros max. Coffee, oh. Damn it. not like Damn we went it. to intercontinental hotel to buy coffee as we went to a regular coffee shop where coffee is not sweet. <laughs> I don't think my coffee could have been more than five euros. I don't think this foolish boy will come to me and say, do you want to guess this one or, or should we split as far I should pay for the first date or we can split one or the other. No, let me even get let me get the first one. This is our first day. Let me get the first one. He was like, do I do I even want to pay for the coffee or do I want to split the five or six euros? I was shocked. Exactly. Why would, he, why would he even why would he even invite you to pay for the entire bill? That's just something I find rude. My dear. Till now, I still it's one of the things that I still it gives me nightmares. I wake up in a cold sweat asking myself, <laughs> how did how did this fellow think? is this something i did and and this now comes back to the point of like i then start to question when i have experiences like this i I start to question like is this something i did to attract this fellow to make this fellow think that like 
a woman of my caliber who splits a five-year-old coffee with him. Like, and then I start to then question. I don't think, no, I, I wouldn't take it personally. I think like some people just, there are a lot of assholes out there and a lot of people just shoot their shots just in case, <laughs> just in case you fall for it. And yeah, I've, I've had a similar experience to that before. I had a drink, he had a drink and my drink was like, I think two years 70 and um, um, his drink was like two euros fifteen, something like that. Anyways, so I had a five euros notes and I had two euros fifteen coins, but I didn't have the twenty cent extra. So I was, you know, so he dropped a note, and um, I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, should I drop another note or should I um, just drop the coin and look for all the coins in my bag? Anyways, I was like, oh, I'm missing twenty cents, and he said, yeah, just give me the twenty two euros fifty, and I'll invite you. To the 20 cents and i just looked at this guy I was highly disgusted <laughs> I, was, I was highly disgusted i was mm-hmm. like you know when you're when you're on a date and you know that there's no way yeah i didn't want to walk out of this restaurant with you together <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and that's one that's one example i mean uh, there are other examples where like i'll go on a date with a guy even this mr tatola we're talking about and he will lay do the entire yeah. work like lay, like butter you up blah, 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 you feel on top of the world but then their actions are some com- something so completely different like further down the line it's like they come onto you with the energy of like exactly. you're amazing i want to be with you da, 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 da. and then a few weeks in when you finally yeah. let your guard down and you're like you know i'm gonna get comfortable and actually see where this leads then yeah job. and it makes you question like is this something i did was i not in not and, yeah. and i'm somebody who has really really high self-esteem when i moved to <laughs> madrid my self-esteem took a massive hit. Massive. Did you talk about that? Why? What would you say has affected your self-esteem the most? I mean, dating, one hand, yeah, because I'm somebody who, like, oh, see, if they are recruiting for the queen of the world, I will apply because I feel like I deserve, I deserve queen, queen of... <laughs> Of, of earth I, I love your energy I literally love it. like i i believe I that like, i'm deserving of every good thing when it comes to like love when it comes to like work blah 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 and i i'd experienced that i mean it's not like my life has been easy it hasn't but like i still have that i i, I i'm a beautiful man. i deserve this i work really hard i'm really yeah. smart i deserve this job blah 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 and so i came to madrid with that mindset thinking you know i'm going to get my mba i'm going to get an amazing job i'm going to meet a decent partner we're going to be together yeah. long and xyz would happen and then getting into mm. the dating scene they said there are many fishes in the sea it's sardine that is in the sea titus those tiny <laughs> there's no real fish <laughs> like where are the fishes well, this, this there are many prices in the sea. Cannot be it. No way. You know. So I've been humbled in that regard, and then also at the, I'm at the stage where I'm wrapping up my MBA and I've been applying to jobs as well. I've also been getting some really crazy rejections. So that experience on on both sides for me have been so humbling. It's not something I ever imagined could happen to me. I guess we all need a dose of reality every now and then. But I'm at I'm at the stage where my my self-esteem has never been as low as it as it was in the past few months i'm getting back up now i would say but like there was a time when i felt so completely defeated so completely low i started to question my worth my beauty my my ability to get good work and good employment i started to question a lot of things and if you are in that state and you don't have like a good support system or, or people that you can like discuss these struggles with it's easy to just yeah. like live there like just you just build a house and just live in in that yeah, space. definitely i will with that yeah when you say that you question your beauty do you think like have you had any particular experience on a date whereby someone has said a guy has said something regarding your beauty that has made you rethink you know how beautiful you are because you're very beautiful Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thankfully, no, they haven't. If anything, it's usually on the side of um, like a fetish, like oh, I like yeah, it. Hypersexualized. Mm, hypersexualized. Yeah. And once they once they've gone on a few days, hmm. we've maybe gone back to my place one time, and they've experienced, they've achieved the fetish or the wish thing that they had on their yeah. wish. 
it then seems like okay they sort of like cool back a bit and then and that's what's make what makes me question like do they like me for me as a person or do they like me because i'm in quotes exotic some exotic zebra that they don't typically see in madrid i think as a black woman you always i i hate to say it, but at the end of the day i think that's always a question you you have to ask anytime you go on a date i mean i've gone on multiple dates and um Anytime I find myself with a new guy, I'm always like, I hope you're really here to know me for who you are, for who I am rather, instead of, you know, instead of you just having a checklist of the kind of girls you like to date, you know, black, Asians, whatever, Latin, and I'm one of those um, lines on your checklist. Yeah, it's it's a very tough one because, you know, you can't go into a date with that mindset like, oh, this guy's going to be fetish. But at the same time, you have to be careful, right? Like. I, don't, I want to be respected, and, but I don't want to be um, hypersexualized. And it's, it's, uh, that's another layer of dating. Like, dating in general, it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. for everybody. Tall, short, big, small, black, white. But being a black woman, particularly, you always have to have your guards high because <laughs> you don't want, yeah, you don't want to end up with someone that's going to make you traumatized. You don't want to end up with someone that's going to say something nasty to you, you know. And, um, I can say that I've reached a point whereby I've mastered the art of dating in terms of, I mean, yeah, in terms of like just deleting and blocking anybody that just start talking to me. I trust you. To, <laughs> I go, I'm, I'm, I love to delete and block. That's mm. my, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, to just block and delete anybody that I detect that they're fetish, um, fetishizing me. Mm-hmm. I trust but, you. <laughs> yeah, no, because I'm like, listen, like, I have my own struggles, but I also have a lot of good things, right? And my life is good. So I don't want anybody to come and destroy what I have. I wanted to add into my life, not to take away from me without bringing anything from t- to the table, right? And I, it's, it's, it is extremely hard to date in Madrid as a Black woman. <laughs> my God. It's, and it makes me wonder hard. if it's that, is it that we're too, in quotes, too picky? I hate when people say that term, like too picky. No, I don't I, I'm not... I, 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 no, I, I yeah, I I had this conversation the other, the other day with somebody. And I'm not typical. I just have standards. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It works. <laughs> Take it or leave it. it <laughs> not typical. Because listen, I also hate like this is also a thing about I've realized in the culture in Madrid, Spain, right? And I don't want it to sound like I hate Spain because I don't hate Spain. But there's this idea of just settling right just conforming what you have and i dislike entirely this whole conforming culture because guess what happens people will conform you're dating a guy you're not really happy with him and you conform and immediately you see somebody more interesting you go with the next guy so for me i don't want to have the, i don't want to have to do that kind of rubbish mm-hmm. i want to be with somebody that i like that despite having all the people around me I can still focus on you. So that's why I don't believe in all this conforming culture because conforming is just a trap. It's a way of saying, just stay with this one and have another eye outside, which is what people do. And I've seen a lot of girls do that. And guys also, you know, they stay with somebody, they're not fully happy with them, but they just stay with them out of the fear of being lonely, you know, or complying with societal standards. And once they see another attractive guy, you've never had a friend that is in a relationship and they see you talking to a guy who's single and they start getting jealous of you. <laughs> what? You've not had, you've not seen that before. That person is, is sick. <laughs> I have a thank God and I haven't. But I've, heard this. I've actually heard that this is a thing actually. Because yeah. it, and something again that I also noticed, if you are in Madrid and you're somebody who doesn't have, if you're somebody who is easily pressured by what you see in, in terms of like, okay, you're walking down the street, you're seeing people holding hands, holding hands, holding hands, holding hands. Before you see one person that is walking alone in Madrid, you do like this, you sweat. You sweat. Or even going to the restaurant. It's so uncommon. And there's something I've also found strange because in Lagos, I would go to restaurants all the time on my own, just have like a nice meal, have a nice whatever. In Madrid, you don't make a reservation for one. You don't show up to restaurants and sit because people even be looking at you weird. Yeah. Look, are you strange? How much more? Even the yeah. uh, the people who are serving at the restaurant, they'll be side eye you, but they don't say much. Like it's, and if you're somebody who is easily swayed by what you see, you are seeing people in couples, you go to the park where they're in couples, you go to restaurants, everyone is holding hands. And if you're yeah. somebody who's easily pressured, yeah. that's when you jump into a relationship just to conform and be like everyone else. But yeah, nah, I don't want that. No, 
No, it's not. It's not worth it. It's not worth. I mean, like that. I do like the idea of them being expressive with their emotions, like holding hands and hugging. But at the same time, I feel like if you're single, you should not even. Don't pressure yourself with that because at the end of the day, uh, you're seeing the the relationship from the outside perspective, mm. and it's a different ball game when you actually know the couple, know their dynamics, know like what they're going through, and sometimes when you get to know them, you're like, girl, I don't even want this. I, I don't envy you. One yes, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think. We, we touched on something the other day about having to question, I mean, we're still talking about like how beautiful you are as a result of being in Spain and how that affects your mental health. And that's something like, personally, I've always, I wouldn't well, a big chunk of my um, teen life, I, I had struggled with that. I had struggled with it, but I also didn't struggle with it because, well, on one hand, before I came to Spain, it wasn't, wasn't that I was always like, my parent like really put so much um, importance in my beauty, right? It was more about what you can do, like your grades, your schooling, like your ability, something you've done for yourself, not something you were born with. But at the same time, I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like I was ugly, if that makes sense. Like nobody ever made any nasty comment regarding my beauty to me in that sense. Um, like, my, like my body was just based on being strong, you know, walking hard and going to school and, you know, getting my grades. But at the same time, when I came to Spain, one of the things I realized was that, like, all of a sudden, I wasn't considered beautiful. And when I say I, I don't mean me as a person, only like the whole, like, my being a Black woman, my features, um, yeah, the, those were not the standards of beauty in yeah. Spain. Mm -hmm. or, and not, they're, they're still not the standards You're of not, beauty yeah. in Spain, you know, like, the standard of beauty is white. Skinny. The standard of beauty is skinny. It's, it's size 36. Even though like, I remember for a very long time, now we have Amazon, you know, we have all this online platforms to buy things remotely. But back then, I remember I had a size 41, 42, and I couldn't find shoes. That's what? how horrible, yeah. That's how horrible it was. I couldn't find shoes because my leg was huge. Oh, so sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes I would have to order like from the States, from the UK, or sometimes I would even wear, there was, a, there was a period in time whereby I had sent a family member to get me a few um, wears from the States. And in the meantime, I was wearing men's shoe. Yeah. Just to, just to, you know, just to have something. So... Hmm. it's it's tough because i mean i think i think as a person uh, as a woman like your soul body should not be placed on beauty but at the end of the day beauty is also one of those standards that society expects us to have as women right so you know <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things so it's hard to say I don't want to put too much emphasis into this, which I try my best not to do. But at the same time, you're also judged by that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know about you, but I also realized that anything that is different, it's just, it's just tagged wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you had that experience? Yeah. Like, I mean, it may not say it's overtly, come out and say it, but if you don't conform with, maybe the style that people are used to in terms of like dressing or like hair or like skin or like whatever. If you don't conform, conform sorry, what is status quo? What is the norm? You get looked at sideways. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a weird yeah. thing because I feel like difference should be celebrated, not questioned, not looked at as who is this one like it should it should be if yeah. not celebrated at least approached with curiosity more than just oh you ex cancelled or like whatever yeah. it's weird I, I've, yeah. I've i've noticed that in terms of i've noticed it more with uh, more where uh, it comes to women on the men's side like i said it's typically fetish that's what you yeah. see you catch them looking at you their wife is beside them you see them like sneaking <laughs> Yeah, just like Baba fist your fronts, right? <laughs> on the men's yeah. side, on the men's side, otherness tends to be looked at with hmm, I want to have a taste of that, I want to experience that. 
And then on the women's side, I've noticed it as like, they just eye you and like stare you down for no reason. I'm like, madam, I don't know you from, from anywhere. Why are you just bumping you. into me? Yeah. The yeah. road is wide. Why are you in my face? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I've I, definitely experienced that. Yeah. Sorry. Now I was going to say that I've had experiences whereby like, let's say a group of three ladies or four ladies are having a drink. Uh, they're having drinks and I'm just let's say I get to the restaurant and I'm just there by myself maybe I'm having a coffee or whatever having a drink and I just notice a silence and they all start looking at me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know they're not praying for me come on no they're not, <laughs> they're not no. you know yeah so that's also something I think yeah it's, it, uh, uh, I'm just going to say like I and it has to do with our body features, right? You know, we have we're bigger women, you know, we have bigger boobs, we have bigger butts. So that is also, I think the men fetishize the ladies like that, but the women also do. Mm. Like they, but just from different perspectives, like, so the guys would do it from a perspective like, oh, I'm curious about you. But the women would do it from a perspective of, oh, you're, provo- you're provoking, you're here to provoke, you're here to seduce, mm-hmm. you're here to steal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That has been my experience. and I, That's I, true. I hate to say it because I don't want to put everyone in the same basket, but at the same time, I've seen this a lot, a lot. As you said before, I remember one morning I went for a walk. It was like June, July, and I saw this couple, like, they were both walking down towards me, and the guy just, the guy just kept on staring at me. It was actually very uncomfortable. And his wife knew, and I would think somebody in her normal sense that she talks to a partner, right? This lady just started giving me dirty eye. Like she just, <laughs> I would, and I was like, and I was actually, we were both, uh, we were three of us we were on the bridge and she was giving me this dirty eye. And I was thinking in my head, like, better don't fall <laughs> because <laughs> I can't carry that. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I hate that. I've experienced that as well. And it's like, I don't know you from anywhere. Face your man. and initially I used to think maybe ah you know you're just overthinking but like it has happened so many times that there's no way it's a coincidence coincidence that this has happened to so many different people of course like you said I'm not generalizing and saying that this is always the case yeah there are cases where this has happened and for me it comes back to that like trying not to internalize those things trying to realize that like sometimes people are afraid of what they don't know or people are jealous of what they don't understand. And that has nothing yeah. to do with it. That's their own inner world yeah. and their own inner situation that they need to figure out. I'm going to wear the brightest color I can find in my wardrobe, wear the highest, yeah. do the biggest hair. That's your problem, you know? So, yeah. but, oh my God, it's something I've experienced for sure. And I think the tendency initially was to minimize myself so that I'd be able to say that. Yeah, that was my next question. Like squeeze myself into like a little box. So maybe, I mean, if they don't see me, maybe they won't like, you know, be antagonistic towards me. But it's like, where's the life in that? Because no matter how much you squeeze yourself, there's a saying, I can't remember how it said in your Bible, like if you lay down flat as a doormat and say people should cross over you, do you see you're not flat enough that you should go even flatter? So you can't, <laughs> it's true, you can't satisfy human beings, right? Yeah. So no matter how much I try to like minimize, not take up space, people will still find a reason to be upset with my presence and my being. And that's no way for me to live because I'm not happy. They're not happy because I'm not laying flat enough. So then who wins? No one for sure. And definitely, mm-hmm. especially not me. And then I just like realized like, I have to live my life. I can't put myself into a little box because I want to make other people comfortable. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I have definitely done it for a long time. I mean, I think to maybe the last couple of years, I've done it on several occasions. But as you said, like you just come to realization that for me, it was like, I, I made myself smaller thinking by making myself smaller, I'll fit better into those spaces. But at the end of the day, I still didn't fit. They still found something to say, right? And additionally, I was choking myself. I was feeling claustrophobic in my own body, you know, my own, Emotionally and spiritually, to be honest, because I wasn't letting myself talk to the So I think it's just that realization, like whatever I do, like people are going to come to their own conclusion. That's just it. Like at the end of the day, one thing I, it took me a very long time to realize this, but you're not responsible for other people's interpretation of you without you doing anything. Mm. Yeah. So I remember one, I remember somebody I used to work with, and, you know, 
from now from time to time I'll see this guy I'll say hi hi and one day after like two years um my team had lunch with his team so we're all talking and we ended up laughing and he said oh you're actually a very nice person and I was like what do you mean by actually and he said he has always had the intention um the idea that I was I was a a snob and I I was like um did we did I ever do anything to you that made me look like a snob he was like no but I just came off as a snob and for me I was just like initially I felt bad but at the end of the day I'm like listen somebody I've never spoke to in my entire life I can't take I can't take that responsibility I have enough on my plate like surviving keeping myself healthy doing my work keeping up with my friends like I can't put that on my plate because you have that perception about me based on my appearance you know and I think it's fair to say that there's a layer of racism when it comes to things like this because you're just you, you just see me quiet as a black person and you've already put everything into your all the stereotypes about you know blacks about black women things you've read in magazines things you've seen on tv you know and um going back to also making friends it's funny i say this because i've been here for a very long time but going back to also uh, making friends in in spain i feel like it's very hard to express those emotions to a fellow spanish person that doesn't come from like a mixed background does that make sense mm-hmm. so yeah. that person is very very empathetic and you know they sympathize with you and they're really ready to listen but if we say so many things we're saying to so many spanish people they wouldn't yeah they, they wouldn't won't get start. it they wouldn't, like they even the most empathetic person even the given the nicest person even the kindest person there's a there's a limit to how much they can really understand our reality like and i and i've tr- i've had conversations who tr- with 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 uh, spanish people and like you know latin people in general who genuinely want to understand and want to try to understand but like if it's not an experience that you've lived it's like it's so hard yeah it's so hard yeah if you if, if it's not an experience you've lived or if it's not an experience you know somebody closely that has lived it you know let's say i don't know let's if you have like uh, uh, a, a black sister-in-law or another black friend that comes up to you and say that it's it's very very hard and going back to the mental health part of it also getting appropriate mental health for this is also a challenge right because I mean, I'm not saying that there are therapists everywhere, but sometimes it's very hard to get help for somebody who understands this cultural racial dynamic in Spain. Hmm. I'm still yet to find one and I've been looking for <laughs> I left Nigeria. I left my Nigerian therapist. I've missed him so much because it's been hard to fill that gap. Even getting hmm, what a story. Even getting like healthcare is is difficult. Oh, yes. Not oh, just mental health, like that. health in general is difficult. Because the first thing they want to do yeah. is put you on birth control. Like you can go to the hospital and say you have a headache. Mm. They try to prescribe you birth control. But I'm here for a headache. What else? Yeah. Like, do you get what I mean? So I that's feel like sometimes the, the health system, sorry. sorry no, no. That it's a whole that's a whole different thing that we could absolutely get into as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to stop. I mean, like well, this is probably gonna have a part two, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to stop the part one here. <laughs> right so you guys can come back the following week or in two weeks time for part two but yeah we uh ibk and i will continue um but yeah so next week you guys will listen to part two and we'll give you more more gist <laughs> <laughs>